Welcome to Christian Living Spotlight, an extension of Christian Living Magazine. We invite you to join us as we take a deeper look into the stories and ministries highlighted in Christian Living Magazine. Welcome to Christian Living Spotlight. I'm Sandy Jones, the host of this show and publisher of Christian Living Magazine, a 501c3 nonprofit ministry. This show has been made possible by a generous grant that we received so that we could come to you each week and take a deeper dive into the stories and ministries you'll find in Christian Living Magazine. This week, I'm joined once again by my co-host, Steve Bertel. Hey, Steve. Thanks hey, for coming back. Good. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd love it here. How was your holiday? It was great. Good. It was great. Went to Southern California, got to walk on the beach, got mm-hmm. to play with those twin sasses. <laughs> Who could complain? Got away from the snow. I hope. (laughs) I would hope. If it snowed in Southern California, we'd be in big trouble. Hey, this week, we are pleased to have my my very new friend, gospel singer and recording star Lenny Doyle, as our guest today. Lenny, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. How are you? I'm wonderful. That's cool. That's so cool. Steve, in profiling Lenny, her and her career... Which, by the way, it's one of our featured articles articles in our newly released January-February edition of Christian Living Magazine. And I, when I read the article, it was so moving and so touching. When you wrote that article, you had the opportunity to sit down and talk with Lenny one-on-one about her life. So I'm going to kind of let you be in the driver's seat today as we go through this okay, thank chat, you. chat yeah. session. Yeah, that's right. Um, when, I, when I did that article and when we talked, Lenny, um, I, one of the... One of the aspects of your life that that really touched me was your was the your childhood and growing up, right. um, and you suffered some some horrific abuse uh, at the hands of of both your biological father and your stepfather. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. Briefly, tell us a little bit about that, and and most importantly, how you got through it. Well, uh, my uh, biological father was an alcoholic, and Generally, during most of the week, he was a normal, nice father, didn't really uh, have any issues until he drank. And once he did drink, that's when uh, the issues of molestation came up. And mostly as older three children, I don't remember him ever uh, touching any of the younger children at that time. Um, of course, I was very young myself, about three-ish when it started, till we moved in when I turned seven. And uh, that was due to my mother finding out from my sister, t- finally telling her. And so then uh, everything transpired for his uh, conviction, going to prison, and therefore and. My mom divorced him at that point, point, of course. And during that time, my mom had known a man at our church who had helped out from time to time, giving us rides and things. And uh, from there, uh, he realized that she needed someone else in her life with all these kids to take care of. There's six of us at that time. And so they got married. We moved to Washington, took us away from it all. And we thought, oh, great, we have a wonderful new life to start. And things were fine at the beginning. And then um, maybe about a year later, he, he brought his own children in. He was able to have uh, get custody of his three children due to their situation as well. wasn't very good, so their kids had been through some trauma as well. And uh, from that point on, though, things changed in his demeanor and, and how he treated all of us. Many, all of our, 
our family, my mom's kids, his children, he he seldom ever reprimanded. For us, he began abusing us uh, physically, and back then they called it spanking, you know, and the legalism of church that we grew up in, it was okay, just beat them. And that's basically what really he did was beat us for no reason. There were rules and regulations for anything and everything. We weren't allowed to talk while we were in the house. We would go out in the uh, yard to play. In the morning, once you leave, you can't come back in until after dark. This is winter and the snow, too, as well. Um, and he would beat my brothers almost all the time, daily. It was a, He'd constantly make somebody make a list. If you talked at the table, you're going to get beat. If you talked in your bedroom, you're going to get beat. So it was, it was pretty sadistic in a lot of ways. And I, I, I learned early on that he seemed to have some demons he was fighting of his own. But we never knew. He was a prideful man and never did uh, share any of that stuff. No. Never wanted to look like he was anything but God to all of us in the family. And how did, how did you get through that? Because you were raised in the church. I was raised in the church. And at that time, they didn't know about it. It was something that we kept secret at home. Uh, we were fr- afraid of him very much afraid of him <clears throat> and he would always uh threaten us not to say anything to anybody he said well, i'm just treating you like the bible tells me to do it's my place as a father to do this and try to justify everything he did and uh but it just yeah when i got in order to get through that i very young age i knew i think god knew i needed him more than most people but i needed him to get through that. I mean, we all did, and we all dealt with it separately in our own ways. And for me, I felt an anointing of the Holy Spirit on my life, in my heart, and feeling that protection and warmth around me, and music as well. Whenever we go to church, oh, the music, I'd just bawl because that was releasing those things, and I felt safe, I felt loved, I felt wanted, I felt protected. And so in that, uh, that came in that release every week when we'd be at church. And of course, we were at church every time they opened the doors, revival weeks, you name it, we were always there. And he did take us to church. We have a lot to be thankful for in some ways. And later in life is when we found out he's, he struggled with things of his own growing up, and that explained some of that. But, but the Lord is in my relationship with God did. And then, of course, my mom was a saint, and mm-hmm. she was under his thumb as well. But she was the one we cling to quite a bit. Yeah. And church, so let's, church yeah, was church. probably her safe zone, too. Yeah, yes, it was. Yeah, exactly. She released yeah. quite a bit that way, yeah. too. Yeah. Sorry, Steve didn't no, mean to no, interrupt you. Okay. Oh, just, no, no. <laughs> let's fast forward a number of years in your life. Mm-hmm. Um, you got married, mm-hmm. um, you started performing, you took the music from your music background in your church, mm-hmm. and you ultimately made a, a, a singing career and a recording career out of that. Um, tell, tell us about that very first time that, that you stepped up on a stage and sang before a live audience. Did you have first time jitters? <laughs> of course, always. I think every singer probably still has, you know, you're always nervous. And if you don't, that that really is a helpful thing to keep you humble, also to make you perform the best you can. I don't know. I've just always considered it's okay to embrace it and move on and sing. But um, yeah, that first time I, uh, I didn't ever plan on going out and being a soloist. That was the last thing in my mind because as a young girl and even growing up, I just was still shy about that. I didn't even like talking in front of people. So you have to talk. And so, but 
I joined a trio. Some ladies had asked me. They heard me singing on the worship team, and the lady says, I couldn't even hear you sing, but I saw your big hair, which I had the big, <laughs> what they call Southern gospel hair back then. And she said, I bet she can sing. So she asked me if I would join the trio, and I thought, oh, sure. We figured we'd just sing in church, you know. And no, she said, oh, we're going to travel. We're going to, no, I traveled my family professionally. So, so that's where it began. And uh, I, just grew from there. I've, you know, it was something I had wanted to do all my life. I seen groups come into our church as a young girl and just looked at them in awe, and I thought, wow, to touch people's lives like that, and to allow, you know, I always wanted to be used by God. So that was one way I always felt I could maybe, you know, I didn't feel I was smart enough to do anything else, teach or whatever, you know. But music was always a part of my my heart, and so. Um, see, did I answer all your questions on that? I no, yeah, overboard. you did perfectly. Uh, in fact, you told me earlier that uh, that you know how your music has impacted people in your audience, mm-hmm. um, and you told me one case in particular where um, your music touched a, a young woman and impacted a young woman who was considering an abortion. Tell me, tell me a little bit about that. Right, this was one of the concerts we went to a church in Cincinnati. And uh, right across the street from the church, there was uh, like a boarding home where all these young people were living. And there was a young lady there. And the people in the church didn't know it at the time, but I had this song that I felt God wanted me to sing. When I make my list, I'm not sure where, but I knew God leads me and directs me in that. So the song is called The Church Across the Street. And this was literally this song right across the street. And they said, after I sang that, they said, oh my goodness, you need to talk to the lady, the girl across the street. We've been mentoring and trying to get her to come to our church. And the song talks about our responsibility. Are we ministering to the people right there in front of us? And this girl was contemplating abortion. The song was about abortion and how the one gal did uh, abort. And she would hear the baby next door crying in the apartment. And it just made her regret, made her cry, made her upset. And so this story, it was neat to see how God confirmed to me certain songs all along in my life as I'm singing them that they are something that will touch someone and that one really uh, did and it was just a, a neat uh, for me I was just blown away by how God presented that song and also that situation for me to be aware of and to pray for her yeah he'll put so, you in the right place at the right time right time yeah speaking of how songs impact people um so we're here today with my co-host Steve Bertel and and Lenny Doyle, who um, gospel singer um, is has blessed us with her time today, and this is exciting. Um, you and I have never met until today. So when I said you were my new friend, you are my very new friend. <laughs> yes, you are. Um, but I love people. Everybody is my friend. So, um, <laughs> but I'm curious to know out of all the songs you've performed, and there's probably hundreds of them. Yes. Um, which song has touched you, or and really impacted your life the most? Is there one? Can, oh, the, can, can you? Is there one? There's a lot more than one, but there is one in particular that seems to go beyond. And I always, when I share the song in, in concerts, I say, "Now I don't understand uh, wh- how this will affect you and others." But it, the neat thing is that it's just a simple message, and those seem to stand out more to people. And this one is, "God has not forgotten you," and the message, but the. The music itself, it's like a real comforting, but it talks about God has not forgotten you. No matter where you are and what you're going through, 
He has not forgotten you. And I think that's a good reminder for everyone. And it's always blessed me. Every time I sing it, it's hard sometimes not to cry, but I get through it. And uh, I see so many faces out there crying themselves or emotionally affected. And later afterwards, they share their life stories and tell me how that song they're going to take with them. And they'll buy the CD and take it with them. So they've got just that one song. I've had a couple pastors share with me about um, one pastor in particular said that his brother was laying in a coma in the hospital. And that very day, he was going to take that CD and play it for him while he was in the coma. Because um, what the verse talks about so it it just impacts people when you don't realize that that song in particular has gone beyond more than what I thought would bless people. So just a wonderful. That's amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. The the COVID pandemic has really impacted the the music industry and especially as far as sure. live concerts, mm-hmm. you know, of, of big name artists all across the country. When you perform, you like to go out into the audience and interact with your with your listeners and and yeah. those who attend your concerts. How has COVID impacted the way you perform? Well, actually, not too much right now because for the past few years we haven't been traveling, we haven't been pursuing the ministry because we took a break when my husband had his heart attack back in 2019, and actually the year before was kind of slowing us down for other reasons and just life in general. And so uh, by the time he was recovering a year later, and then the pandemic hit. And so we thought, well, we still need time for healing and for and praying and asking God where, okay, now the pandemic's changed everything, as you said. Um, and a lot of groups, yeah, did not. But most of them are starting up again, and they're out there doing that. They're intermingling with people. And I imagine when we feel the right time is right now i've been asked to sing at different places so i feel god is saying okay it's time to start getting back out there my husband jack is doing well and strength strong again and And jack's your engineer right he's the one that's behind the scenes he's my sound tech so he runs it he sets it up runs it and i always say he's the one that makes me sound good so (laughs) (laughs) so if he's not doing his job then i'm in trouble (laughs) i love that He, he you're in trouble or he's in trouble? Well, <laughs> it's usually both. But it comes, that sounds like a wife, doesn't it? <laughs> it does, yes. <laughs> you've, por- you've performed at a number of banquets for an organization that is near and dear to the mm. Christian Living Family's heart, and that's the Boise Rescue Mission. Yes. Um, how, how did your relationship with the Rescue Mission begin? Oh, that was wonderful and so easy. Uh, when we first started our trio back in 1998, Melodies of Joy at the time is, was our trio, uh, we wanted to do something with the community with our music. We thought we don't want to just get out there and just sing. We want to touch lives. So we said we need a mission for this. And so our first thought, my husband brought it up at the time and said, what about the Boise Rescue Mission? And my life growing up, we had... Uh, Salvation Army helping us out in so many ways. And I thought, I would like to get back in my adult life. I would love to do the same for others in some way. And so that just seemed like the obvious place to in our local community here. And of course, meeting Bill Roscoe came a few years later because he wasn't there yet. I believe it might have been about four years later. I was going to say 98 was, was pre Pre-Reverend Bell. Yes, yep. but when he came, it made a big difference because things had not been ran as smoothly as well. He, oh, he is top-notch. And 
their people have loved us and embraced us. And he has built a phenomenal team. Oh, yes. And he would would say that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. And we are like that, all of us. Uh, So I've been blessed to work with them on a number of occasions. And they're always there at the benefit concert that I put on for them. And they just, uh, they're hands-on in everything they do. And they're willing to help us to help with fundraisers and whatever. And so I just love their heart for for all the people they bring in, and that's my heart as well, because of growing up the way we did, I I've just always appreciate anyone who will help you out. And so... And they do, and it's genuine. I love oh, that. Oh, they're wonderful. Yeah. I've attended a, a number of your concerts, and they're, they're kind Thank of a combination... You, you bet. Uh, <laughs> they're kind of a combination of old-time gospel, a little bit of country, a mm-hmm. little bit of praise and worship. Yeah. How would you characterize your, your concerts, and how would you describe your music? It's called, actually, it is a, a genre called Southern Gospel. And uh, I've, I've known it since I was young, but I didn't really know what it was about other than the groups that came in and sang. But it's the kind of music, I think, it's made up of a lot of the uh, hymns. People write songs and include some of that stuff in there. It's heart and message music, I would say. To me, I, like the other day when I sang, uh, they came. one guy came up to me and said, it you can feel an anointing on the song and on you. And that's exactly what I feel about Southern Gospel. And and they're from uh, contemporary churches. And so they said, we don't hear this kind of music. Boy, it really touches your heart. I said, Southern Gospel for you. So that's just what I'm drawn to. Anything that's got a message and it tugs at my heart, it's going to tug at someone else's heart. And therefore, touch them all and bless them right where they're at, you know. We kind of alluded to this earlier, but I want to come back to it. You've you've performed at a number of local events, mm-hmm. and Jack is doing better. He's actually here with you today. He's out in the lobby, bless he his is. heart. Yeah. Um, as I was coughing a minute ago, I thought, yeah, Jack should have come on in. <laughs> <laughs> so, so what's the future hold? What do you see down the road? That's what I'd like to know. <laughs> I've asked God that lately. I thought, Lord, we're open, and we feel we're ready now to continue on. So whatever you have for us, just start showing that to us. So we're kind of waiting on the Lord, but we're open. If people start calling, that gives us a sign, that confirmation, too, that, yes, we're to continue on. I believe that everyone has a calling in their lives. If you're a Christian, we shouldn't just be living the life. We need to also be out doing and witnessing in some way, however God steers each one in the direction for that and music is that i certainly miss it so i'm it's still in my heart so i know i think that god is gonna start bringing in those uh uh concerts and open doors it just depends i think that you know the pandemic scares people off but a lot of the churches you know we, we believe in god we trust god to protect us and we be smart he's given us common sense to do the things we need to do to practice safety but at the same time the message still needs to get out there yeah. and just like preachers need to preach singers need to sing absolutely I, you said something earlier that i just i had to i had to muffle a laugh because you talked about when when the ladies first approached you about joining the trio and they saw your big southern hair and you can't see it today because i've used the no. flat iron quite heavily but with enough humidity i naturally have that big southern gospel hair so yeah mine's not near just, as big anymore. i just can't sing anyway so you've performed in a number of concerts you've released records cds you've yes. traveled all over mm-hmm. the country um 
how can people get in touch with you since you haven't been performing that right. much recently? Um, how can they how can they connect with you if they wanted to book a concert or find out something more about your your albums or your CDs? Right. Um, well, we did uh, shut down our website a few few years ago, two or three now all again with what we were going through uh, and realizing we weren't sure if the finances to keep it open and everything while we weren't actually traveling. But I'm on Facebook, so if you look up Lenny Steele Doyle or just Lenny Doyle and spelled L-I-N-N-I-E, once you spell that, it'll come up. And so you, anyone can call me from there, message me from there, text, you know. Uh, I'm available as soon as they, they want to contact me so and steel is s-t-e-e-l-e yes yeah. right yeah it'll pop it up i'm yeah. sure because i've typed started typing it and it just comes right up but but yeah and word of mouth a lot of friends family they contact uh i can give a phone number if you want sure or, yeah, yeah go right ahead they can call me at 208-861-8530 and i'll be glad to answer your call you don't call yourself <laughs> well, sometimes. <laughs> we, we forgot to mention, too, that you do have a concert, a benefit concert coming up for the Rescue Mission in yeah. April. Yes, we do. So, uh, we, I think we just talked about a possible date of the 23rd. We still will get together for a lunch and confirm the final details of that concert. But yes, that one, it, what we're doing is since we weren't able to do the benefit concert for Christmas due to all the, the situation with the COVID and everything else uh, that we thought, well, let's try a spring one. We've never done a spring one. It's a good time of the year. There's nobody's real busy. And at Easter time, it will just be done, but we still have it on our mind to help celebrate it a little more. And so that's what we're talking about right now. So we're excited to see if that will maybe bring in more people too and get that out there. So, and do you have a venue set up yet? Or? Not yet. We, we typically do it at the 10 Mile Community Church, but we are going to be... Um, talking about changing it maybe to a bigger uh i just talked to jean lockhart the other day and she says i'm thinking we may change it so so we're gonna we'll figure that out as soon as it gets a little closer right after the new year i mean right after what probably closer to february end of february or something that we'll we'll get together and do that so jean's a doll yes she is so we we're out of time Thank you so much. Oh, thank you for having me. Yeah, for thank coming you, in. Yes. I told you it would be fun. Yes. <laughs> it, it didn't make it too hard. No, we tr- we try not to. <laughs> Folks, you can certainly find out a whole lot more about Lenny's life and her testimony in our current issue of Christian Living Magazine, available in over 600 locations throughout all of southern Idaho. Thank you, Steve, again. Well, thank you. It's, and thank you, Lenny. Thank you, guys. It's, it's been fun. It's been a pleasure. Um, and for, for our listeners who are going... Steve's now been on two or three times. And so I just want to explain that as the host of this show, um, Steve has really been an answer to prayer in that one of my concerns was that anytime I get ill, it hits my voice. And sometimes Mm -hmm. we're on a very tight recording schedule. And God really just has blessed me. And Steve joined our our team of, of independent contractors. And he said, hey, I'd be happy to help you with the radio show. So 
you're going to hear him more frequently. And there may come a day when I can't sit behind this microphone that it may just be Steve for Christian Living Spotlight this week. Anyway, yeah, I've got a good radio good background, so it's good to be back in the saddle again. You, you do. You have been a real blessing, in both in writing and in radio. Um, I'm not planning on TV, though, so no, you know no, that part no. of your old career is probably not going to help here. No. <laughs> um, folks, we are at the end of our time today. We thank you for joining us. We thank you, too. A great deal of number of you have reached out with words of encouragement. It means so much to all of us here at Christian Living Ministries. We invite you back next week, and I know I say this every week, but we have another special guest in store for you, someone who will bless you with hope and encouragement. Until next time, God bless. This has been Christian Living Spotlight, an extension of Christian Living Magazine, where it's our desire to deliver faith, hope, encouragement, and perhaps a new perspective about God's love to our listeners and readers as we showcase the hands and feet of Christ at work in our community and beyond. For more information on today's program, the magazine itself, or to subscribe, go to www.christianlivingmag.com or search Christian Living Magazine on Facebook for an uplifting start to each day. Christian Living Magazine is free to pick up in over 600 locations throughout the Treasure and Magic Valleys and in Central Idaho through McCall. Our mailing address is Christian Living Magazine, P.O. Box 867, Meridian, Idaho, 83680. Or you can email us at christianlivingmag at gmail.com. Thank you for listening, and we invite you to join us again next week.